0: The five most important rules and regulations that estate agents must adhere to. Charlotte Jeffrey Campbell, you are an estate agency trainer and guru of all things like this. What are those top five things?
1: Okay, Chris, so number one, I think the most important law are the Consumer Protection Regulations.
0: Not even the Estate Agents Act 79?
1: No, because it incorporates everything from the Estate Agents Act. So The CPRs, as we call them, they're really, really important because they're about how you interact with your customer, how you sell your services and how you sell products. It's a state agency and lettings. So if you don't understand how to keep within the law, then you can end up in prison. So understanding that is about actually having a really good ethical and moral, moral tone with your customers as well.
0: Do you see many agents going wrong with that?
1: Yeah, I don't think many of them understand it fully. And I think the biggest issue I have as a trainer is they're trained in it in legal jargon way. So they get given the legal jargon, they get the document with all the laws, they get an email, which is a copy from the the laws off the government website, which I don't understand. So it doesn't make sense. It doesn't apply to the job role. Actually, when you explain it in English, in in clear language, what they realise is it's what they do every day. It's really important. And you mentioned the Estate Agents Act Everything in the Estate Agents Act is included in the CPRs, so it's a really important role uh, law for everyone to understand.
0: What's the second law?
1: I think the Equality Act is really important because actually treating everybody fairly and not discriminating is not just the law, from the estate agency and letting agency point of view. It's really good practice, and we get caught out loads. So if you think about the, you know, the viewer. Um, who um, asks something personal about, you know, the landlord or the landlord saying, I don't want any um, foreign tenants or I only want married couples. Things like that you can get caught out with. And not only are you breaking the law, i mean, I'm assuming, the impression you give.
0: Hold on a second. I appreciate the, the race and, yeah. and, and sexuality. But are you even saying that if you only want couples, you're not allowed to do that?
1: No, no. If If you say married or unmarried is discrimination. So it's not only about race, it's religious, you know, so I don't want any Irish tenants. It's nothing to do with colour necessarily. You know, it's religion, it's ethical beliefs, it's all of that element. So it's about, um, you know, um, sexuality as well, obviously. We've got gender discrimination. People, you know, nowadays, since 2010, if you've had gender reassignment, you're protected, obviously. So all of these things we need to understand because it's really easy to be caught out.
0: What about age?
1: Yeah, so age is a tricky one in property because actually age normally relates to training and employment. So I'm not in, I'm not promoting you because you're too young, or I'm not promoting you because you're too old. That's that's common sense. But actually, you can have over 55s apartments to rent, and you can ask for a couple with no children, or you know families with no children. Um, so you can ask those things. So those aren't as black and white. But you'd always go on the side of caution. So you wouldn't want to discriminate if you didn't need to. What's
0: number three.
1: Number three are two combined so the data protection and the anti-money laundering regulations because we have to do that otherwise your boss goes to prison and we have something called vicarious liability which all the viewers need to understand which means if they make the mistake they're not the one who goes to prison it's their boss and every time i mention that in any of my training sessions people quite like that (laughs) and i'm I'm yet to hear of an agent who's deliberately got their uh, their boss put into prison for making a mistake but it could do but anti-money laundering we know we cannot um be seen to be um, not checking funds and making sure that somebody's um, got legitimate funds, that it's not that somebody's robbed a bank, got a swag bag and they want to pay cash. We know we have to do anti-money laundering training. And data protection. Now, data protection keeps changing because obviously we left the EU. So we used to have GDPR and data protection. Now, GDPR as was, has gone, but we've now got UK GDPR, which has basically copied it. So understanding your role um, to... You know, turn your monitor around when you're in a, in a meeting with a customer, if you've got someone face to face, because there could be sensitive information on there or getting permission to put someone on your mailing list. So for me, the most important thing about understanding the laws is how you apply that to your job role. So knowing that you cannot put somebody on the mailing list without permission means that you have to make it worth their while going on your mailing list so when I train people in the law my focus is always to make sure that we've got the law but that it leads to business a lot of training that you see in our industry is linear you go to one person because it's for data protection training or compliance training and you go to somebody else for customer service you go to somebody else for qualification or somebody else for sales but what you end up with is is very fragmented knowledge. But for me, understanding data protection is all about how I build a relationship with my customer. And the most important thing any negotiator can do is sell the benefits of why they should have that person on their mailing list, offer advice and guidance. So you can use the law to help you sell. That's predominantly what I'm saying.
0: Let's, let's give some value to the boys and girls out there. How would you, what's a great way of asking someone if they want to go on the mailing list, while still keeping the right side of the law?
1: I think I'd be keeping them up to date with the market. So at the moment, the market is changing. And I read an article recently that I think it was something like 20% of sales in London were done off market, off plan. So if you're not on the mailing list, you're not actually getting that conversation. You might not be finding out about properties. Now, agents have always said this. Um, And it's about making it true. It's making it feel believable. So if you're going to have a chat with somebody and saying, look, you know, you really need to be on our mailing list because a lot of what we go and get on the market goes before it goes onto the portals. You've got to have examples to back that up. Stories. Stories to tell. So, you know, we sold one on 42 Smith Street that went on. the. It didn't go on the market, didn't ever see the portals. And we got over the asking price for it. But we're in a changing market. So the mailing list is where you're going to win business. So, if you don't have people on your mailing list, you miss out on the conveyancing opportunities, the mortgage opportunities, the sales, the viewings, the listings. So, we have to get them on. But from a customer's point of view, surely this is what we always should have been doing, isn't it? Customer old school. service.
0: Old school. It hot is old boxes. school.
1: It's old school. You know, again, I wrote a blog the other day about the hot box. Should we bring it back? And, well, yeah, we should. It's not necessarily a box anymore, but it's how you manage your data.
0: Uh, for the boys and girls out there who are <laughs> under the age of 40, a hot box is where you didn't actually input someone into the computer system. You actually wrote it on a card mm-hmm. and had like a little box with all your hot buys in. Hence, it was called yeah, the hot, hot box. box.
1: And 1 to 31. Do you remember that as they well? 1 do. to 31. You know. tell,
0: the pe- tell the boys and girls out there what, what 1 to 31 The so 1
1: to 31 was um, your method of keeping track of who you needed to speak to for your vendors. So nowadays your vendor comes on the market. The last, what, five years or so, your vendor's Properties on the market, it's sold. You don't need to keep in touch with them. Yeah. You don't have to have a keep in touch policy. One to thirty-one was when the market was slower, which is what we're moving to. So the one day of the month you'd speak to Mrs. Smith. The second day of the month you'd speak to Mrs. You know. We had a filing yeah, cabinet
0: with with yeah. with drop downs one to thirty one. To 31
1: 31. Yeah. And
0: you just go yeah. grab it out. Oh, fantastic. Yeah.
1: But it was but you made you do it. And it and you didn't do you know the difference now? When it's in your computer system, you click, oh, move it on. Oh, move on and we forget the importance of that one to 31 and actually moving forward in the market one to 31 is going to be a really key to stopping withdrawals number four number four is health and safety now i know that feels oh, a safety like, it Feels a bit like why should you say health and safety because there's a million other laws that, that we that we need to think about but if you haven't got a safe team oh who understand how to keep themselves safe in terms of loan working, if you don't understand how to present properties that are safe, you are missing your role as an estate agent. So every lister should be able to go out to a property before putting it on the market for rent and understand the safety hazards and aspects of that property because actually your property managers will thank you for a good quality property. Nobody wants a hazardous, dangerous property. Now, my in-laws have been house hunting recently and they've got friends house hunting and the feedback they've had is about the poor quality of list lettings out there. We've got a little bit lazy and we're putting poorer quality stock on because we're so short of stock. But it always comes back to bite you in the end because you have more costs, more maintenance, more hassle, more problems. So they're not profitable. So starting A, with health and safety, that your team is safe and B, that your um, your properties are safe and therefore your tenants has got to be a major obligation for all, for all uh, particularly letting agents. But estate agents should understand it as well. Plus, it's the property law, property safety laws, you know. Was that what you were going to say? Sorry, I interrupted you. (laughs) It's
0: It's fine. What's number five?
1: So I think all estate agents or letting agents should understand the Housing Act. They should understand what rules there are in ending tenancies, in landlord obligations, in tenant obligations. Because actually, one of the most popular courses that we have as able agent is the lettings legislation. Because even the estate agents, they've always been kind of been trained to be a sales negotiator, but they deal with investors every day. They've got investors having conversations about yields, but they don't really understand the nitty gritty of what makes a tenancy. So actually understanding the Housing Act helps you in your ability to be confident and advise. Now, as we're moving into a market where there will be more investors coming out of the woodwork because they've all hidden away for a little while because the property has been too expensive, we're going to see more of that. So if you're a sales negotiator and you don't understand what a landlord's obligations are in renting Mm -hmm. a property or you can't spot a problem, then how can you then persuade somebody to have your full management services? So Whether you're a lettings neg or an estate agency neg, your business probably offers property management. And we all have to consider property management as an income tool. Because if the market's shifting, I know many agents who've been kept safe and not gone under because of the property management revenue.
0: Charlotte, been exceptional. Thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you.